Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. We have just finished what felt like the longest January ever, and now that we're out of the month where it's all about resolutions, starting afresh, trying to shake off bad habits, and attempting to maintain a version of our best selves, in inverted commas, which, let's face it, is exhausting, I think this might actually be the best advice you could hear today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, January 2024 went on forever. There were five Mondays in January. And I think whether you even realize that there were five Mondays or not, I think you probably felt it. I think we all felt the drag of the start to the year. Everyone I've spoken to recently has talked about January being a bit strange, either with a lack of momentum or a slow start and then a ferocious pace they couldn't keep up with, or just sort of finding it generally frustrating. Whatever your circumstances have been, it does seem the general trend has been to have found January a little unsettling. And if you haven't experienced this, then I'm very pleased for you. But that doesn't mean the contents of this bullet points doesn't apply. I think you still might find it useful. And I think if you're listening to this episode of the podcast, or if you've tuned into one of the main interviews, if you've been sub subscribing for a while, shout out to you guys, then you're probably someone who tries their best, is open to learning and making positive changes, and likely has aims, goals, and objectives that you're constantly working towards achieving. The flip side of being like that, though, is taking on too much, pushing too hard when you're already running on empty. And if it gets really bad, you skate way too close to burnout and... God forbid, you might actually experience burnout because that can be a tough place to find yourself because it's a it's a struggle to get back from. And I actually have a few friends who, whenever I see them, they are always burnt out. When I see them, to be honest, they're either on the brink of it or just coming out of the other side of it. And then, of course, there's when they are completely in it and pretty much most of the time they go off grid. They sort of tend to hide, go very, very quiet build themselves back up again and then when they feel ready tentatively come back out into the world and it's it's tough to see I'm sure if you've got friends who are like that or if you've ever experienced it you know that it's a tough thing and these are people who work really hard and they make the effort to take time off but holidays come on offline for a bit you name it but those rests that relaxation that I'm taking a holiday is always framed in because I'm on the brink of burnout or I'm taking a holiday because this time last year I got burnt out or I'm going to come off social media for a month because I'm burnt out or I'm going to come off social media for a month because last time I did it I felt a lot better all of these things but it always comes back to I need to do this because I'm burnt out and actually to always have the fear of burnout on your shoulder is is also that in itself is a lot of pressure 
Now, if you've listened for a while, you'll know that I'm pretty awful at taking time off. My idea of a holiday is staying in bed for an extra hour and watching the latest episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Vanderpump Rules. That's my self-care and I'm not open to any arguments about it. But I am perhaps one of the lucky ones where I don't think I've ever... I know that I definitely get exhausted, but I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever experienced burnout in the way that I have seen other people. And all of this and the way that January dragged on forever did make me wonder, what's the appropriate rest when you're hardwired to go, go, go? Because what I think a lot of us are probably discovering, but don't quite understand or know how to remedy, is that a day off here, a holiday there, trying to get a good sleep, etc. Actually, they aren't the balm to a busy schedule, an overloaded diary, an endless to-do list, and anything else that might be loaded onto your plate that is overloaded. So what is? Now, I know this isn't healthy, but my modus operandi when it comes to taking time off has always been to just hurtle towards Christmas and then do nothing over the festive season. Ideally, if I can make that last to New Year, then I'm happy as a clam. I'm like, well, at least I got some rest. This, dear listeners, is a poor strategy, and I have enough years of data to know it's a terrible way to try to recharge, and recharge is the word, because that's the thing I think I have been looking at it all wrong. I have been so caught up in what I have to do, what I could be doing, what I want to do, etc, etc, that I haven't taken a step back and looked at the machine doing all of those things, i.e. me. I haven't checked in with how I really feel. I work through fatigue. I constantly tell myself I'll ease up after I've done this thing or that, and then I never really do. I feel a huge sense of guilt about planning a break or assume that if I do dare to book time off, that some amazing opportunity might crop up smack bang in the middle of those dates, and I'll regret the decision. So inevitably, I just never make the choice. There's that saying about not being able to pour from an empty cup, but I think many of us, and I'm not just basing this on my experience, but of the friends that I've been speaking to recently, and from the many wonderful emails I receive from you, my most excellent listeners. I think we're all caught up in this trap of flying a little too close to our exhaustion threshold. So what is the answer? Well, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And as you know, I'm never going to say, hey guys, I've got the answer, but I've got something that I'm trying. And I think it comes down to two things. Checking in with your battery, in inverted commas, being realistic and reasonable about what you're capable of based on where you're at on those energy levels, and cultivating more effective ways of not just resting, but recharging. And listeners, I'm going to really lean hard into this battery analogy, but think about it. We all charge our phones, right? And if we use our phones when it's plugged in, then it takes longer to charge. If we have a lot of apps open when our phone is charging, then it takes longer to charge. If we keep unplugging our phones when it's charging, then you guessed it, it takes longer to charge. And being mindful of how we're recharging, and unlike a phone battery, which is best charged from empty for optimized battery life, we... (laughs) That's, that's my tactic and it's worked for me. I was at the Apple store the other day and they were like, oh, you've managed to make this battery last a long time as I had it replaced. But anyway, but I think we need to understand ourselves on what our lowest operational percentages, percentage being battery percentage, and then install our rest and relaxation strategies from there. So this is one of the big changes that I'm attempting to make. And it sounds very, very obvious, but I kind of needed to sort of beat myself over the head with it. And um, if any of what I've just said has resonated with you, then maybe it will be helpful for you to try also. And obviously you can let me know in the Facebook group. The link to join that Facebook group is in the show notes. So it sounds really small, but I'm trying not to take breaks based on how much work I've completed. I know. But taking a break based on how much energy I think I have in the tank. And this really is about mental energy. But this one kind of hit me between the eyes because I already apply this rule when it comes to physical energy. And let me explain. 
I like to work out first thing in the morning, you know this. I also, so it's like strength training in the morning. It can take a lot out of you. I love, love a good leg day, I really do. But I also like to walk everywhere, especially when I'm out and about at appointments in London. Now, if I've clocked up 15 to 20,000 steps in London, which is realistic based on the fact that sometimes I'm an idiot who has an appointment in Soho and then another one in uh, Kingston. No, that's crazy. Another one in Kensington a little while later. So I have to walk quite a long way. Trust me when I tell you that I feel that physically. I love walking around London and I love that I know the city and and its shortcuts and its scenic routes. But on a busy day, adding in those steps can make me feel pooped. So before I go to bed that night, I'll usually, after I've, after I've sat with my legs up against the wall, and this is true, but it works, lie on your back, shuffle your bottom as close as you can to the skirting board, put your legs right up the wall. And if you've done a lot of walking, that's very good. Also good for the hamstrings as well. But I will get into bed that night and I'll usually go into my diary and see what workout I have planned for the next morning. Because on a Sunday night, I normally put in the workouts that I think are achievable based on my schedule. But... If I clocked up that many thousands of steps, I think, hmm, I might shuffle it to a day later and have a rest day tomorrow, or I just delete it completely. Because on some level, I'm aware that even though I love exercise, I love exercising, I love walking, I know that the physical demands will have an impact on my mental stamina, also my physical stamina, let's face it, and it's important not to overdo it and do too much. And the same simply has to be true for one's mental capacity. I do a lot of research for my podcast. I read books and interviews. I watch video interviews. I listen to other podcasts where my guests might have been on to kind of get a really good sense of them. And that research can be hours, hours and hours and hours of preparation. And it's quite a solitary. It requires a lot of focus. It's not like when you're sort of listening to a podcast and you're being entertained, like you're, you're, you're very much active listening to pick out something that you think, oh, I'd really like to explore that with that guest. And then it can be quite hard to shake off. I remember when I worked in magazines, A friend of mine, a colleague, another feature writer, used to talk about doing research for her guests. And she said, I like to wear them like a second skin. And it was kind of a joke because obviously that sounds sort of of Hannibal Lecter-esque. But there is something about that preparation where you feel as though you do sort of step into that person's life or that person's expertise as a participant observer. And it can be quite draining. It's great work, don't get me wrong, I actually love doing it. But it, it can can be quite a lot. And again, shaking it off can be quite tricky. Anyway, doing that a few days in a row, or even knowing that I have to do it every single week can feel quite heavy. So I'm trying where possible to group my recordings together. So I can have, say, a heavy week of research, knowing that that's going to be quite a tough week, probably need to do walking over a certain... I can sort of... I know I've brought the exercise stuff into it, but just sort of... I know that that's going to be heavy. So I know that I'm going to need to do other things around that to sort of be able to process it all and then follow it with a week of meetings or a a week of editing or more admin work. It's still hard work, but it requires a completely different different set of mental muscles. So it's the difference between a heavy weight session and a pleasant walk, but the mental equivalent. And I know this is active recovery, but I'm hoping it means that my battery never falls below a level where I can begin to feel overtired and overwhelmed because those are both horrible feelings. So I can very much accept a diary where a week looks pretty intense research-wise if it's followed by a week that looks a little bit more butterfly-like. Butterfly meaning I'm just out and about, it just sort of feels a bit more flitty, even though that is still very important work. And the thing also to acknowledge here is that it isn't about productivity, If I've had a really productive morning of research and I'm like, yeah, kicking on gas, 
it can be very, very tempting to think, right, let's crack on, let's get into the afternoon, don't need lunch, I am, I have reached my optimum state of limitless, like Bradley Cooper in that film, I am just going to keep going. But I need to make sure there's a rest or a break of some sort, whether it's a walk around the block, a coffee break, or ringing a friend. But I have to do that, even if I wasn't productive. In fact, I probably need the break more if I've been unproductive. And this is where I employ 10 star jumps. Um, If a workday ever feels as though it's wading through treacle, then trust me, star jumps really do help. I cannot tell you. Just getting up from your desk and doing 10 star jumps makes so much difference. But the most important thing for me here is the reframe. I love being productive. I adore getting stuff done. I like to feel on top of my workload, but I know I've prioritized those feelings of achievement and accomplishment over the importance of rest and recovery. And now I have to figure out what rest and recovery really looks like, because right now my main one is just to stop and sleep. But if we're really leaning into the whole battery thing, that might not be the most effective and efficient way to recharge. It isn't just about getting more hours in bed. So let me know, does anybody have any suggestions, any surefire, tried and true, tried and tested ways to really relax and recover in a way that recharges you, doesn't just sort of take the edge off tiredness? Let's have a chat about it in the Facebook group, please, please, please. It would be so interesting to hear what strategies you have used. And if anything I've said resonates, again, let's talk about it in the Facebook group. Does anyone else feel like they only know how to go, go, go and don't know how to stop, stop, stop in a way that is productive? Because it's about stopping in a way that recharges you, relaxes you and makes you feel invigorated so that when you come out ready to go, go, go again, you are the best version of yourself. I'd be so intrigued to hear. That's everything for Bullet Points this week. Thank you for listening. I will see you on the next one.